Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I just want to talk to you about transitions, because everybody say transitions. Yeah, because you're in one. We're all always moving from one transition to another transition. It's just the way life is. You can't help it. It just remember when you was remember when you was a kid and you couldn't wait to be a teenager, and then you made that transition from twelve to thirteen, and then you were thirteen, and then you were in a transition. Then you couldn't wait. How many? You couldn't wait until you were sixteen, because sixteen you was you was hoping you were going to get a car. And you start driving. Then you're 16, and then you couldn't wait. You're in high school. Remember, then you couldn't wait till you got out of high school. And then you couldn't wait till you got out of high school. And then you went, then you go to college. And then you went to college. And how many of you like me? I just wanted to stay in college the rest of my life. Yeah, college was fun. And then and then and then you wanted to be married. And then you get married, you found out that wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Can I get an amen? No, I'm teasing. Heidi's not here today. No, you, you, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful. And then, and then you go into another transition, uh, like Brittany. You, you get ready, and you, you want to be. A, I want to have a baby, right? You, I want to have a family. And then you are about to walk into another transition. God bless y'all. <laughs> I, I'm way up here speaking from the empty nest days. The Lord bless y'all. Come on, everybody, stretch your hand toward this couple. Bless their heart. Our, our keyboard player just uh, had their third child, and he, he was helping me out. I watched him on Sunday. He was doing this right here. I was like, Victor. He's like, yeah. He hadn't slept in three days. They just had a baby. Um, yeah, we're always in transition. Then you have kids, and they're, they're little babies. Then you can't wait till they're toddlers. Then you can't wait till they're... You just keep going through the transitions. You, you're, they're always leaving one stage into another stage. And it's a scary stage. You're about to walk into a scary stage. Just trust me. All those books y'all have read, just throw them out. Because when that baby's laying there crying, you're calling your mama and just do whatever your mama tells you to do. My mama said, give them a rice uh, bottle, a rice, rice cereal. You know, I'm like, no, the book says, forget the book, just do it. And so you were always in these transitions. And then for Heidi and I, our latest really major transition was kids all grow up and then you get ready for empty nesting. Like all the little birds fly. Get out. Come on, somebody. No, that, that was the goal. Listen, if you're, here, if you're a young person here, a teenager, whatever, and you're here today, your parents have a goal. They have a dream. They have a vision. The vision is for you to get out, get a J-O-B, and go fly and live your life, your best life. Someone asked me the other day, because we, we bought a, we call it the farm. We have five chickens, three dogs, okay? We call it a farm. And somebody asked me the other day, oh, well, y'all bought this land, so are y'all going to give some land to your children so they can live there too? We went, heck No. Are you kidding me? We worked all of our life to get them out. And now they're out. They are on their own, off the payroll, baby. Uh, Empty nesting is amazing. If you get ready for that transition, can I get an amen from the empty nesters in the house? You're like. And now Heidi and I are getting ready for the next transition. Because my son got married. Yeah, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. We ought to give God praise. Just praise break. Thank you, Jesus. We, he got married, and now we're like going, grandbabies, grandchildren. Is it really that good? I, everybody's like, yeah. It's just. I mean, there, there's, you, you hear grandparents talk about it. Paul, is it that good? Is that good? It's better than what they say. We, 
Heidi's like, what? what? I said, like, baby, leave them alone. They're practicing. <laughs> and then they're going to have the, the baby, the, the, the grandbaby. It's going to come over. And we're, we're building grand, grandchildren heaven is what we're trying to do. That, that's our goal. Grandchildren heaven. I, I even bought a tractor. I think I told you all, I got a big John Deere tractor, a big one. 115 horsepower, AC cab, I bought it used, but it even has a, it, I even said it has to have a buddy seat, so my little buddy, we, we're already preparing for the next, are y'all tracking with me? No matter where you're at, there's another transition coming, there is one, this church has walked through a transition. It walked from Pastor Paul and Lynn's leadership, spiritual leadership. Now it's been handed over to Don and Kayla's leadership. The church walked through a trend. Can I just newsflash you one day? One day, a long time from now, in the future, it'll transition to someone else's leadership. We're all walking through some transitions. Paul, it's been good, right? I mean, you look better than you've ever looked. I mean, you really do. You look. Lynn. Is like one of the hottest grandmothers ever. Can I say that in church? Oh. Let me tell y'all what he said. Let me translate it. Let me edit it. No, I'm not. I'm not. He said when you do it right, empty nesting is, it's, that's not the right word. The right word is love nest. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for our service today. We had a great, <laughs> be with your people as they leave. <laughs> it's true though. It is true. It is true. Someone told me that. Heidi's not here, so I'll say things that I normally wouldn't say because she's like, uh uh-uh, uh, don't say that. So, can they handle it in New Iberia? They can? Can y'all handle it raw and real in New Iberia? Someone told me, he said, if you plan empty nesting right, love nesting, if you plan it right, you'll have more money than you've ever had, and you'll make love more than you ever have. I just want to say that's true in Jesus' name. What kind of church do you want to go to? (laughs) Uh, Okay, all right. I probably shouldn't have said that, but Paul, you did it to me. I want to talk to you about a transition. I want you to remember this guy named Moses. Everybody remember Moses? Just let me give you the two-second version. Moses was born a Hebrew into slavery. He was born into slavery but raised in the house of Pharaoh for 40 years. Then he killed an Egyptian one time when he saw an Egyptian abusing one of his Hebrew mates, one of his brothers, one of his people, and he killed him. And that took him 40 years to a desert because Pharaoh wanted to kill him. And so you got 40 years raised in the house of Pharaoh, you got 40 years in the desert, and you got 40 years where he's going to come back and God is going to use him to deliver Israel from Egypt, from 400 years of slavery. By the way, you can just watch through his life. Sometimes when you look at your own life and you look at all the experiences that you have, isn't it amazing that God wastes nothing? Even when you think it's really bad, it's really good. That with this incredible God takes everything that we walk through and he turns it around for his good. Because Moses was going to have to know the ways of Egypt in order to go back and deliver. Now we know it. He was going to need to know how to direct people through a wilderness, right? I don't know about you guys. I got lost. I I was in the Atchafalaya Basin duck hunting. And the man I was with grew up in the basin, had spent all his life in the basin hunting ducks. And one day we're out there, me, him, and Pastor Jacob are out there hunting in the morning. You you get there at dark. We got on an airboat, rode for 35 minutes, got on a four-wheeler, 
rode for 35 minutes, got off the four-wheeler, walked through the swamp for 35 more minutes, and then we finally get to the very place right as we get lost walking to the duck hole. And he said, I just don't know where we at. (laughs) He wasn't worried, but I was. And and we were like, what are we going to do? He said, well, we just keep on walking. That's a good thing to do, right? When you're lost, just keep walking. And and finally he goes, we're just going to have to wait till the sun comes up. Once that sun comes up, I'll know exactly where we are. Look, I don't care where I was sticking close to him. That man grew up in the swamp. Nobody was going to get me away from him. How many of you know, thank God that someone, Moses grew 40 years in the wilderness because it was actually preparing so he could take Israel and lead them out, but he didn't know it. Some of the things that we walk through, and you've walked through some things, was never just for you to walk through them. It's always so that you can turn around and help somebody else walk through the very same thing that you've walked through. Can I get an amen? If not, you'll, you'll, you'll continue to lick your wounds about all the, thing, all the trouble you've seen instead of recognizing, no, I walked through this so I can help turn around and then help someone else get through this because somebody in here is walking through the same thing that you've already come out of. It's better than your acting. But anyway, so he's going to lead them through. And I'm I'm just catching you up real quick. And then now let's get to the text. Joshua, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1. When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me. If it's in yellow, you read it with me. You will not cross the Jordan River. He's getting ready to take Israel into the promised land. He says, you're not, you you ain't going. You will not cross the Jordan River. But the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord has promised. Everybody say, Transition. So we're watching this transition take place. Moses, no longer the leader. Joshua, you're now the leader. And Joshua is going to lead you. Verse 6. So, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. I want to just talk about, just for a moment, Moses, how come Moses isn't allowed to go in? I mean, he's, he's he raised up in Pharaoh's house 40 years, out in the wilderness, learning the ways of the wilderness for 40 years, takes Israel out of Egypt, leads them across the wilderness. It takes 40 years to get them across. How come God said, that seems a little cruel. But if you remember, Moses was disobedient to God. There was a moment... If you read through the whole story, and I'm just giving you, I'm catching you up. If you read the story of the wilderness, Israel kept getting all these amazing things God would do for them. He, I mean, think about the deliverance. The plagues came on Egypt. I think, I think they experienced three of them, maybe four, I can't remember. But the other ten plagues, the six, God said, I'm going to distinguish between the world or Egypt and my people. Everybody say Distinguish. Oh, I'm praying this over you. We're watching. Egypt always represents sin, culture. It represents. And that now God's saying, no, though though Israel experienced three of them, the plagues, they didn't experience the last seven of the plagues. And God said, I'm going to distinguish between them. It got dark in Egypt. He said, I'll leave the light on in Goshen. I'm praying that's the very season in which we're in. As a nation, we're watching things happen in our culture, and I keep going, Lord, distinguish between the world and your people. Can y'all get an amen? So you're watching, oh my gosh, gas going up. No, distinguish between the world and your people. Leave the light on in the house. I watched this on on a news channel the other day. There was one of the commentators said, 
I am agnostic. Not an atheist, not a Christian, but agnostic, which means I'm not sure if there is a God. I don't know. He goes, I'm an agnostic, but I'm looking at our world, and if we, we just need more religion and more God in our culture. So even, even the lost is saying we need more God in our culture. Everybody check with me so far. Okay, watch what Moses, remember Moses is going to lead them out, Red Sea, and it doesn't even take 30 days before Israel is grumbling about coming out into the wilderness. 30 days, the scripture says. Can you imagine, you just saw the Red Sea part, and now you're going, did Moses bring us out here to die? What is it about us that we forget all the time the last thing that God did for us? Let me ask you, what was the last thing that God did for you? And so we're watching this go over and over. Moses is not going in because they were grumbling again. This time they were thirsty. And they said, Moses brought us out here to die of thirst. And God said, Moses, speak to the rock. And Moses got so frustrated with the people. Paul, you never got frustrated with these people, did you? Ever? (laughs) Did you ever just? He prayed a lot. Moses gets so upset. He said, I brought these. He keeps going. We got the Red Sea. You saw this. Manna every single morning. Quail in the evening. And here you are grumbling again whether God would take care of you. Anybody here? What is it about us that God, if we look back over our life, going, wait a minute, I've seen the faithfulness of God at every single turn in my life. Even, he never was early, right? I don't like this about God. He's never early. He never gives you something and go, you're going to need this later. No, no, he waits till we're right on time. I mean, he's a right on time God, right when you need it. And then you go, and then he's grumbling again. And, he, and, and Moses gets frustrated. Instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes the rock twice in frustration. And because of that disobedience, God said, he's not going to go see the promised land. He's going to get to see it. He just won't get to experience. Sidebar. Water still came out of the rock, even in his disobedience, which shows us the incredible grace of God and how much he loves his people. He would still let the water flow, even though Moses was disobedient. You got to give God praise for that. He's just a good God. He just, okay, stay with me. I promise I'm going somewhere. Moses is also the giver of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Ten? No other gods before me. No graven image. Don't steal, lie, murder, uh, adultery, and I'm, there's a few uh, covetousness. He's the giver of the ten. And here's another reason why Moses is not allowed to go into the promised land. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. In other words, you need both of them to completely understand. And so Moses is the lawgiver, and he can't deliver them into the promised land. Moses is the lawgiver, the Ten Commandments, and he can't get them into the promised land. Because of his disobedience? Yes, but he's also the lawgiver, and he can't get Israel into the promised land. What's the promised land? Is that heaven? Yes, it does represent heaven, but it also represents something else. Your purpose in life is your promised land. Watch this. Let me take you to the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. But those who depend upon the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture says, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. 
just just forget about all of the laws. Let's just remember the ten. Have you kept them all? Let's just start with number one. Have you ever put anything else before God? No, we're raising our hand if you've broken that one. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, the rest of you are lying, which is another one. We'll get to in a moment. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Thou shalt not lie. Has anybody ever here told a lie? Of course. Uh, how, how about this? Uh, don't commit adultery. No, don't raise your hand. Okay, I, I just, just watch this. Verse 11. Read it with me. So it's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it's through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says, it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in scriptures, cursed is everyone who hung on a tree. Through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles, the Cajuns, the New Iberians, the rich, the poor, the black, the white, Republicans and Democrats, and independents with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Are we guilty of the breaking the law? Answer, yes, but that's why Jesus came to take the curse off of us. We ought to give, he rescued us. We ought to give him praise. <laughs> Let me translate it. Moses represents the law and, prom, and, the promise, and the promised land represents our destiny. So being good can't get you to your destiny. In fact, the law wasn't even there to, to make us good. The law was there as a mirror to show us that we're not. So that we would know that we have a need for the one named Jesus. By the way, you know who's coming up next, right? From Moses to transition to Joshua. Joshua is, is the... Is, uh, we would... The Greek translation of the Hebrew is the same name as Jesus. So the Old Testament, New Testament concealed, New Testament, Old Testament revealed. Well, we're going to need someone named Jesus to get us to the destiny and the promise that God has promised all of us. You got to give God praise for that. Amen. Heidi always goes, yeah, but that, she, she goes, I know, I know what you're preaching today, but don't forget to tell them that the Ten Commandments are important. I go, baby, they are important. And this is how I translate it. I'm crazy about Heidi. Like, I'm, I, I love that woman. I love it all. The hair. <laughs> she got some hair now. And it's the real deal hair. I mean... It might be colored a little bit, but other than that, it's always been like that. When I first met her back in the 80s, it was down back here, and it was just like, whew. Remember the, ha- the hair bands? Remember the, the big hair bands? I mean, she looked like a rock and roller. I mean, just shoosh. And I was like, I ain't never seen hair like that before in my life. I love that hair. I still love that hair. She, she's, she's amazing. She's an amazing woman. I love her and I want to please her. And I do everything I can to please her. I do fall short of the glory of Heidi <laughs> in pleasing her. She has no problem of letting me know when I do fall short of pleasing her. But I still want to because I... Love her, not because I have to, but because I love her. I love her. Oh, that we would follow the Ten Commandments, not because we have to, but because we want to, because we, because we love him. And so I want you to see that Moses, lawgiver, 
Now Joshua transitioned to a new leader. And now he's going to walk into and deliver and take them to the promised land. I want you to see God, how he works. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua. Stay with me. After the death of Moses, Joshua 1, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. By the way, he's been assisting Moses. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. God's face moves from the past to the future. He said, therefore, say it with me. I'll say it again. Say it again. Uh, I hope that resonates in your spirit. The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River. It's time for a transition. It's time to leave the old behind to embrace something new that God is going to do. Remember, Moses, one of the greatest leaders in history, spoke with God face to face. Now he's dead, and God says, next. It's a new day, it's a new season, new leader, a transition. By the way, Moses' generation didn't get to go into the promised land because they kept looking backwards. They got nostalgic. This is for all the gray hairs in the room, which I are one. We, we like it the old way. I'm, I'm, I'm not even into technology. I can't even get into it. I'm just like, I, don't, I like the old way. I, I just wish we still had the little Nokia phones before text messaging. I'm going to have to fast forward real quick. I'm editing in my mind real quick. The... The old group kept saying things like this. At least in Egypt, we had pots of meat. At least in Egypt, they would talk about leeks and garlic. I know what garlic is. I don't even know what a leek is. I mean, there is no place on the side of the road, Billy's, Boudin, and leeks. Remember what they said about the promised land when the spies went in and came out. They said it was flowing with what? Milk and honey. Just a question. Anybody, let's take a vote. Leeks and garlic or milk and honey? How many would vote milk and honey versus leeks and garlic? So you got to move on from the past. You got, you got to, if you're going to make it, every transition is scary. If you're going to make the transition, you got to be willing to let go of, can I just talk about letting go for a second? That means let go of all of it. I, I know we like to look, we need to look at the past. I know there's nostalgic. I like, I like old music, Motown. There's no better music than Motown. No, no, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but, but there's always something new that God wants to do. You, you got to let go. Of, you you got to let go. I'm not just talking about sins, hurts, regrets, past, even the good things. To go, God, God wants to do something new. I, I'm, I'm looking at young leaders like Don and Kayla going, God's going to speak to them. Because God's going to want to do something new, something that's never been done before. There's something about us old timers that look at and go, yeah, but I've seen God and, and he needs to do this again. And no, no, God wants to do something new. If he didn't want to do anything new, then Paul and Lynn would still be here. But he wanted to do something new. Not that y'all are old, Paul. You just, you just got a new assignment, right? And so we got a new assignment. God wants to do something new. I, I, sat with, I sat with a lady in our church at one of our campuses years ago. And she came to see me. She said, Pastor Eugene, can I meet with you? I go, sure. We meet. And I knew her husband. Her husband's in men's Bible study every, every week. Watch God move in his life. Amazing. And she came in with tears and she goes, I just can't get past my past. And I said, well, what's in the past? And she said, well, my husband. I said, yeah, I know your husband. And she goes, yeah, but you don't know what he did to me. 
I said, well, what did he do to you? Well, you don't know? No, I don't. He's never told you? No, he's not. He had an affair. I said, I'm very sorry about that. How long ago was that? It's like seven, eight years ago. I said, you've been carrying this for seven or eight years? Yes. I said, because when I see him, he's at men's Bible study. Oh, oh, no, no, he loves the Lord. And he loves God. And he's a new man. He has changed. it's, 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 It's really supernatural. It's me. And I go, well, what do you think we had to do? She goes, I don't know. That's why I'm here. And I said, oh, so... You're in a prison. Yes, I'm in a prison. Oh, man, that's too bad. What do you mean it's too bad? I said, well, you're in a prison. Do you want to get out of the prison? Yes, that's why I'm here. I said, well, I do know where the key's at. She goes, where? It's in your pocket. And it's always been in your pocket. What do you mean? You got to forgive him. If you really want to get out of that prison and quit beating him over the head with the past, you better take it out of your pocket and forgive him because you forgot that she's seen the fruit of repentance in his life. You forgot that we're all standing in need of forgiveness. And until you forgive him, you're never going to move past where you're at. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? This is, so now I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm talking to you. What is it that you need to forgive? What is it that you need to let go of? Because if not, you're not going to be able to get across the Jordan to the promise. Are y'all tracking with me? Watch this. I promise you, I love this part. Help me out. I'm gonna, I promise. What time do I need to end? Like now? It says zero, zero, zero. Unlimited. You only have one service now, don't you? Well, that's 35 minutes, the first one, 35 to seven. I got, I got plenty of time. Anyway, help me out, Isaac. I'll preach better and faster with Isaac. Run, man of God. These people got lunch to go to. Watch this. I promise you what I promised Moses, Joshua. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have what? That I've already given you. And he goes on to list it. More yellow. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as was with Moses. I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. Be. Oh, listen. New Iberia. Be strong and courageous. There's a reason why you got to be strong and courageous because the enemy is going to try all that he can do to cause you fearful and anxious. Just if you feed yourself with Fox News, you're going to be fearful and anxious. If you all you do is watch CNN, baby, you're going to be fearful and anxious. The Lord is saying to us, be strong and courageous. Watch this. I love this because I never really saw it like this before. I promise you. I always read it like this. Wherever you place your foot, I will give you. That's not what it says. Wherever you put your foot, I'll give you. That's not what it says. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. So it's not like where you put your foot, I will give you. No, wherever you put your foot, I've already given you. If I'm Joshua, I'm going, like right here, I've already given that to you. How about right here? Yours, already done. So what, what God had already made legal, right? Joshua had to make it literal. How do you make it literal? Well, I don't know about you, but if, if it's every place you put your foot, I've already given you, then you would think Joshua would go, how about here? Yep. How about here? What about over here? How about, how about over here? Down here? 
What about over here? Every place I put my foot, you've already given me. Well, then I'm just going to keep on walking. I'm not going to stop walking because if you've given it to me already, wherever I, what about back here? Already given it to you. Everywhere, wait a minute, everywhere I put my foot, then I'm just going to keep on walking then. I'm not stopping because if I stop, then I stay in the middle of the transition. And I don't want to stay in transition. I want to get to the promise. So I'm just going to keep walking. What about over here? What about this couple over here? Anywhere. I'll run up to the balcony. Everywhere I put my foot. You're going to give it to me? No, he's already given it to you. Now, I want to teach you a principle. Y'all can check with Pastor Paul afterwards if this is true. There is, I'm going to call it, I lost my breath because I was walking. I need to work out. There is a place where God's sovereignty meets man's responsibility. Let me say it again. God's sovereignty meets man's responsibility. If you're a parent here who raised a teenager to get out of your house, you've gone through this before. You, you said to your son or your daughter, I'll pay for college. That's the sovereignty. But you have to make a 3.0 GPA in order for it to happen. That's man's responsibility. God's sovereignty, man's responsibility. Are y'all checking? So they didn't just sit on the other side of Jordan waiting for all the inhabitants of the promised land to die. No, they had to go take the promised land. They had to get prepared for battle. They're going to go in and take it. God's sovereignty, man's responsibility. Are y'all checking with me this morning? So, so it's, it's, it, you, you, you go, wait a minute. We're going to take New Iberia for Jesus and sit inside of our four walls and sing, let the earth hear his voice. No, it's going to take people who go, wait a minute. God has given it to us already. I'm going to have to take some. some steps in order for it for the legal to become literal are y'all tracking with me so there's people right now there's a neighbor next door that you've given up on you ain't any moon no no just i'm gonna go for it heidi and i went to a high school football game one time this was in mesquite texas and we're in this Mesquite, Texas, and we're watching some of our young people. We're student pastor, and, and they're playing football. And there was a white kid sitting right in front of us with about 10, 15 of his friends cutting up front row. And then all of a sudden, there was a black kid and about 10 or 15 of his buddies, all black. They come walking down the aisle right in front of us, and the lead black kid and the white kid both stand up and start jawing at each other and they're going to get we're in the middle of a race riot and they are just going like they're fixing to throw down and here's me and Heidi just sitting there and then Heidi goes do something (laughs) I'm counting the people right I'm like I can take about five of them but other than that baby you're going to take the rest of the 15 she's going to do something and then when she's real serious she'll go Eugene Eugene do something oh man I always get in these situations so I didn't know they were just going I don't even remember what they were saying come on you, you want me you, 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 just, you're just jawing face to face 
this posse is going, yeah, get him. And then they're yelling at each other. Yeah, yeah, I see you. It's about, it's about to go down. And I just went. <laughs> and I put my hands on both of them. I just, I just said, hey, guys, let me introduce myself to you. I'm Pastor Eugene. That's right. Pastor Eugene. Did I mention I was a pastor? I'm a pastor of the church right down the street over here. And I'd like to invite both of you to come this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock to our student ministry night. We're looking for young men just like you. So I'd just like for y'all to come. The white kid's like going, who are you? The black kid must have had a praying mama or a praying grandmother. The fear of God was all over that boy. He turned white as a ghost. And he turns around and his partners are going, what's the deal? And he goes, that's a pastor right there. I can't do this in front of no pastor. This pastor right here, that's a pastor. My mama kill me if I did this in front of a pastor. Look at me. Those two boys, both those boys got saved in our student ministries and became the best of friends. Be strong. And sometimes you just got to step in between it. Because every place you put your foot, you'll give it to me, God. No, no. I've already given it to you. Just step your foot on in it. Look at me. Shameless plug. I know y'all have heard Pastor Don go, you need to take your next step. (laughs) Have you heard him say it? Your next step is your best step. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Has, Has Kristen, is that what he says? Your next step is your best step. Look at me. It's If not, you're going to be stuck between the old and the new. Just, well, what if it's not the right step? It don't matter what step. Because wherever you take a step, I've already given it to you. Just take a step. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Listen, I know I've gone, I've, I've gone too long. Can I just can I just say this last thing? It, God does this with everybody, by the way. He delivers us from Egypt, right? Sin, slavery to the old way. You get born again. You go through the Red Sea, right? We just saw the Red Sea today. What some of them? Yeah, it's awesome. We all get saved. We go through Red Sea, and then we all walk through a wilderness. The place of testing, trials, tribulations, on our way to the purposes of God. Not just to heaven, that's our promised land. But what am I supposed to be and do here on earth? Where am I supposed to settle? What's my mission? Why am I here? A promised land. And you go through the tests and trials. You ever been tested? I got tested the other day. We had some construction people at our house. And I've been needing one of these. I've been needing a chain, like a chain, because I got a big, did I tell you I have a big John Deere green tractor? I need a chain. Well, at the construction that we're having done, I walk out there, and there's a big old chain just on the ground. I just said Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So I grab the chain. I take the chain. I run down. A few days later, I go to Tractor Supply because that's where a farmer shop. And I go to, and I, the chain didn't have those big hooks on the end. So I spend $40, $20 each to bring it home. Heidi says, you need to put them hooks on that chain. She never knew where I got the chain. I never told her where I got the chain. Because y'all know Proverbs says, 
losers, weepers, finders, keepers. That's not really in Proverbs, by the way. I don't want anybody. So I'm putting my $40 hooks on the chain. And the Holy Spirit says, that ain't your chain. But if I keep this chain, that ain't my chain. Thou shalt not steal. Dang it. I hate when he does this to me. But I love him. I want to please him. So I repented of my sin. And I took the chain. And I'm going to place the chain right where I found the chain. And the Lord whispered again. Leave them hooks on it. That's $40 hooks. So somebody who left a chain is getting a chain back with two brand new shiny hooks on the end. The Bible calls that the fruit of repentance. There's some fruit. I leave church Sunday, less last Sunday. I go to, the, to my truck. I look in the back. The exact chain, not the exact, but the exact same size chain, brand new, with two brand new hooks, is in the back of my pickup truck. Someone heard the story and went and bought one and put it in the back of my truck. Look at me. Do we love the commandments? We love God. And because we love God, we want to please Him. We want to please Him. The law couldn't get us to the promised land. Only Jesus can get us to the promised land. But He also expects something of us. The sovereignty. You can't call out Jehovah Jireh my provider and then when the bucket pass you're not supporting the work his promise his sovereignty and man's responsibility meet and when they meet everywhere you put your foot he said I've already given it to you some of you have given up on family you need to go put your foot back on that ground again no 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 the promise of the Lord is me and my house we're going to serve the Lord I'm going to step my foot back on it some of you need to take a step on your marriage and go you know what no 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 we're going to get this right we're going to get it right this marriage belongs to the Lord Uh, this marriage your children no 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 I'm not giving up on my kids I'm still standing on them every place I put my foot God has already given it to me to the neighbor right across the street from you you go I don't even like him go step your foot over there and go how you doing man come on man I'm gonna invite you to church I'm just gonna step my foot we're gonna start praying believing again are y'all tracking with me this morning every head bowed and eye closed father we 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 just gonna wrap it up we hear your word. We hear your word, Jesus. I, I pray, Father, just blow on the flame. Just breathe on it. We receive your word today. Thank you for your commandments. Thank you, they're a mirror to me. They show me. I, I don't need the, the, the law was not for salvation. He would tell, he would tell Joshua, follow every one of them. And then he said, you'll find success wherever you go. The law wasn't for salvation. The law was for success. So father, may that word that's been written upon the heart of every man. May we walk with the fear of God, repenting of our sin. Father, we're not perfect, but yet, Lord, when we feel your Holy Spirit, the conviction that will make it right with you and others as quickly as possible, 
And that, Father, you would give us, by your Holy Spirit, a spirit of courageousness, tenacity, to go, this is our very hour. This is our moment. This is the church's finest hour. As we look at culture and dark, but yet, Father, the light is on in Goshen. This is our moment where the world is ready for the testimony, the witness of Christ. When they see the joy in us and the peace of God over our life. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. We receive this word in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you might be here today. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All the Ten Commandments were just as a school teacher to lead us to the Lord. That's what the Apostle Paul said. We've all, we've all taken things that didn't belong to us. We've all, we've all looked at a woman in the wrong way and lusted after her. And Jesus would say, you've committed the sin of adultery in your own heart. Father, we've all told and exaggerated the truth into a lie. And we all deserve, because it's the greatest law of all, we deserve the greatest penalty of all. Eternal separation from you in a place called hell. Listen, folks, heaven and hell is real. And people still go there. And today, Father, you're here today. He'll come and forgive you of every sin. It's why he went to the cross, to wipe it all out so that it would be paid for in full. Maybe you... Jesus said, you can't enter the kingdom or see the kingdom until you've been born again. That's what it means. Salvation is to be born again. How do you do it? It's easy as ABC. Admit you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe that Christ came to be the penalty payer, the sin bearer on a cross. And C, confess him as your Lord. If that's you today and you're ready to receive Christ, to be born again, I want to pray for you. Would you just lift your hand up all over this room today if you're ready? Today's your day. I Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Hold it up high. Don't be ashamed. I see it, sir. I see it, sir. I'm looking in the balcony. Thank you. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand in the balcony. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs as we pray this together? Would you say this with me? Say this. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for me. I believe you faced hell for me, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise?